Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today's episode is for the people pleasers out there. I have a very special guest. Her name is Amy E. Smith. Amy is a certified confidence coach, masterful speaker, and personal empowerment expert. Founder of thejoyjunkie.com, Amy uses her roles as a coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. With acute focus on helping people find their voice, she's highly sought after for her uncommon style of irreverence, wisdom, and humor, and has been a featured expert on Fox 5 San Diego and yourtango.com. Hi, Amy. Hi, Eileen. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about people-pleasing because I can totally relate to all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this topic with you. I think that there's this interesting grouping of people, so I'm wondering if everybody listening can relate to this, where there's certain people who are really clear that they're a people pleaser. And then there are other people who don't identify with that moniker. But truth Mm -hmm. be told, they're still highly, highly invested in what other people think, which is essentially the same thing. Because when you care so much about what other people think of you or how you're presented to the world, or if they like you, approve of you, all of those things, you start Mm -hmm. to twist and contort your own behavior, your own speech, the things you say yes to, the things you say no to, based off of that response. So I want to throw that out there, that there might be people who don't necessarily say, oh yeah, for sure I'm a people pleaser. Just know if if that doesn't resonate, if you're highly invested in what other people think, you're going to get a lot out of this too, because it's essentially the same yeah. thing. <laughs> I like that you like put that out there in the beginning. People pleasing, it, it sounds like you know the people that just say yes or do things, is it people who can't say no to other people, but it's it's more than that, right? It also encompasses caring too much about what other people think of you and letting that define what you do and how you act. So let's start with your story. I want to hear about your people-pleasing story. How did you end up doing what you do today? I too would be one of those people who wouldn't say, oh yeah, I'm for sure a people-pleaser. But if you said, do you care what other people think? I would be like, oh hell yes. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And for me, the place where it was the most painful was in my relationship with my family. So I grew up in a very, very conservative, born-again Christian family. So there was a lot of religious dogma that I grew up very, very much immersed in. And as I was getting involved in personal development, which has been well over a decade now, and learning about how to better myself and operate from a place of power and speak kindly to myself, that sort of perspective about that work to my very conservative family was labeled kind of new agey and mm. essentially like of the devil, right? Wow. Even if it's all about improving yourself, right? Right. Because like, the perspective what? was, you don't need that. You just need God. Mm. And yeah. so without getting all involved into to that whole conversation, 
for me, what I was starting to notice was that I could totally be who I wanted to be and be the best version of Amy when I was with fellow coaches or when I was at a personal development conference or meeting other like-minded people. But when I was in front of people like my family, specifically my parents, that's when it was really hard for me to take a stand for what I really believed and what I thought was Mm -hmm. true and the things that I found offensive about what they were sharing with me and the way that they would approach Mm me. And that really became kind of the genesis of the niche of my career, the niche of my specific coaching practice, which now is so focused on, you know, saying no, boundaries, communication, how to actually say that stuff. But all of it was from very much from personal experience. And Mm -hmm. it's been largely now still with my mom and having to say, thank you so much for inviting me to that event or church or whatnot. I really appreciate you thinking of me, but I'm going to politely decline. And I'm also going to ask that you don't invite me in the future. Just please know it's not my intention to be rude or ungrateful. It's just not something that that I have an affinity for. And I truly hope you can respect that. So starting to learn how to actually articulate what it sounds like (laughs) to say no, to establish boundaries, to honor me, has been hugely pervasive in the work that I do now and be able to to teach others to do the same and have empathy right. for what that's like because it is challenging. It's very hard. It's so hard because, I mean, on one hand, it's hard enough to be brave enough to say that to that person. But on the other hand, like you can't control how they react. You know, sometimes they'll be understanding, but other times they won't. So how do you deal with that? That's a great point. And I have a phrase that I use all the time and it is, you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. So I'll give you an example. My husband and I have been together for 20 years and we've always known that we didn't want children. And we were very sure that was a confident, very assured decision that the both of us had made. Now, when we share that information with other people, there are some people who are like, "Eh, whatever, could care less. There's some people who think we're absolutely awful. We're we're going to regret it. You're so selfish and they're quite scathing about it. And then there are other people who champion the fuck out of it. And they're like, go you. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Right on. Right? Yeah. So here we are with our stance. And then here's all these multitude of different ways that we could be received. So this could be you deciding how you believe politically. This could be deciding how you want to spend your time. This could be anything in your world. And there could be tons of variables of how people are going to take that. So what we try to do (laughs) to no avail is make all those people happy. And what we don't realize that when we're doing that, it's a a rat race, first of all, Mm -hmm. but it also makes us total liars. We are lying to all of those people. We're being totally inauthentic because we're not just standing in our own truth. And what I think people don't understand, and this is another major kind of cornerstone of what I teach, is that you can give voice to that stuff. You can give voice to the most polarizing viewpoints. You can ask for a divorce. You can tell your family, you know, you don't believe in the religion you were raised in. And you can do all of that without Mm -hmm. being a bitch. You can be extremely compassionate. You can be very kind. You can be completely graceful and still be assertive. If I could say, how do you do that? You first have to start warming up to the idea that you are responsible for you. You're responsible for how you say things. You're responsible for your behavior, but not 
how you are received. That's right. on everybody else. We can't control that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We cannot control yeah. that. It's true. So you can only do your best and be firm in what you believe with compassion. And the rest is up to the world. It's up to that person. But I mean, just thinking about it, it's it's really hard when those people who don't believe the same way that you believe are like your closest family members, you know? So in those cases, do you just let it go? It really depends. It's very different based off of each person's individual relationship. But I subscribe to the perspective of, I don't believe that blood is thicker than water. I don't think that we stick by Mm -hmm. our family no matter what. I don't believe that. I subscribe to the idea that respect is thicker than water. I don't Mm -hmm. think that you should stay in an abusive marriage just because there was a commitment. I think that's a deal breaker. I -hmm. don't think you should do anything for a family member, if they're abusive to you, if they are acerbic in how they speak to you, if they are blatantly disrespectful of your time and energy. So I think that there has to be this new barometer of what you are worthy of. Because here's the other thing that we don't get, we don't totally understand when we're so engulfed in what other people think is that when we choose to stay silent, what we are doing is we send this subconscious message to ourselves over and over and over again that that person over there, their wants, opinions, and needs are more important than my wants, opinions, and needs. Mm -hmm. And that is a massive message to your self-worth. You start saying over and over again, oh, I could never say that. I can't do it. What you're saying is like, I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable enough to take a stand for what I believe. Compound that with getting a negative response. Like it's not ever fun Uh -uh. for somebody to be mad at you. Like it's never fun for your mom to not be happy with you or to be disappointed in you. So there's a difference between acknowledging that it might come with emotion. There might be this duality of being super proud of yourself for speaking up and being really bummed and hurt by what your parents said or your sibling said or your aunt said or whatever. We're still going to experience that emotion, but you can still make the decision of no, if it's really going to be an ultimatum. I choose me. I choose me. And it takes repetition, doing that same shit over and over and over again. It's a lot of self-respect, right? And choosing you over the opinions of others. Before we go on, I'd love to tell you about our sponsor, Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online store often described as Whole Foods products at Costco prices. All the top premium healthy and organic products at wholesale prices shipped straight to your door. All their products are 25 to 50% below retail prices, so it's really fun to see how much you save with each purchase. My favorite thing about Thrive Market is that for each person who joins, Thrive Market donates a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So together, we're all making healthy living more affordable and accessible. The Lavender Lifestyle listeners will get a free $60 in organic groceries from Thrive Markets, plus a 30-day free trial and free shipping on orders that are $49 or more. To snag that deal, go to thrivemarket.com slash lavendaire. That's thrivemarket.com slash lavendaire. The link is also in the show notes. All right, back to the podcast. 
Yeah, it's a big shift. And I'm curious, like, how did you shift from, you know, the previous people-pleasing personality to, like, being firm and confident in yourself? Because it's easy to talk about self-worth, but how do you actually take those steps to get there? Well, so a couple of things. First, I really think that when we talk about personal development, perhaps the most paramount thing that must be shifted or focused on is your self-talk, period. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much stuff you read, how many podcasts you listen to, if you still have 24 hours a day an incessant voice inside your head saying, you're not good enough, oh, you can't do that, that's not realistic, you're such a fat ass, you're not smart enough. If you have that playing in your mind nonstop, then good fucking luck because there's just no way (laughs) that you can shift anything. So that's the first thing is to start being, first of all, hypervigilant about what you're saying. So just noticing what are you saying inside your mind and then starting to alter that conversation, even if you just start by saying, no, 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 that's not a helpful thought. Nope, that is not a helpful mm-hmm. thought. That didn't make me feel – I mean, you don't even have to replace it. You just have to stop allowing the room for it. So that's one mm-hmm. thing is for me – my transition between being so engulfed by what other people think to where I am now, where I virtually very, very rarely even think about it to the point where people will Mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, we were talking about you the other day. And I'm like, surprised. I'm like, really? People talk about me? (laughs) Like, I never even give credence to the idea that people are talking about me. I just don't think about it. And that was absolutely not the case when my mind was always thinking about my God, do they think I'm stupid? Do they think I'm a good enough artist? Because I, prior to doing this, I was a makeup artist. Do they think I'm Mm -hmm. smart enough? Am I explaining this well enough? Will I get a promotion? Always obsessed about that external reception instead of, am I proud of how I'm behaving? Do I like who I am being? So it's getting connected internally. So that's what I would offer to everybody out there is to first start looking at What are the messages that you are telling yourself on a daily basis? And can you start to at least arrest that conversation and at least start saying, nope, not a helpful thought. Nope. Uh, One of my favorite things to say is something that comes from Harv Ecker. And he just says, cancel, 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 cancel. Thank you for sharing. So it's like the minute you hear something like, well, that's not possible for you or you're not good enough or you're not lovable or whatever. Cancel, cancel. Nope, not going down that rabbit hole. Just cut it out. Exactly. Just cut it off. So for me, I have to say that was the most pivotal tool in altering how I felt about my relationship to other people. But I will have to say, perhaps one of the biggest kind of aha moments I had was probably in 2007 when my father passed away. My father died, who I was very, mm-hmm. very close to. I'm and sorry. Oh, thank you for saying that. It's um, Although it was racked with grief, it was really, truly one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. So I have a mm-hmm. lot of gratitude for that chapter in my life. And the day of my father's service, I had spoken at the service I had used my makeup artist skills and, wait for it, did the makeup on his deceased wow. body for his viewing. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that must so be hard. Oh, my it was a bit of an emotional day. And so later right. on that day, and mind you, and I had been bawling my eyes. I'm dealing with my own grief had Mm -hmm. spoken to the crowd of hundreds because my father was incredible. There's this huge, huge 
uh, outpouring of support. And so we get home to my mom's house and she finds it to be the most opportune time to tell me it just feels like we failed as parents. Oh, wow. And what she was referring to was the fact that I am not, quote, walking with the Lord, Mm -hmm. following the same belief structure that that she follows. And I mean, of course, that just cuts you to the core, right? Mm -hmm. And that was in the moment. And so what I said was... (laughs) <laughs> the, well, the the only thing I could muster is I said, you probably shouldn't say that to a child. <laughs> um, oh, no. And she said, well, that's just how I feel. And I really realized in that moment, here's the deal. Here's what I'm looking at. I either have to sacrifice all of who I am, what I believe, my affinities, how I operate in order to make her happy, or I choose me. I honor what I believe in and I make peace with the idea that I will always be a disappointment to her. And I chose the latter and I started living into that. And what I mean by living into that is I started being vocal with her very kindly Mm -hmm. and declining invites and telling her, I find that offensive. Please don't ask me for that anymore. If you continue to speak like that, I'm going to need to get off the phone. So there was the external piece and then there was the internal how I spoke to myself. And saying, like, Amy, it's okay that you choose you. Amy, what your wants and opinions are just as important as anybody else's. Amy, you only need your own approval. You know, talking to myself Mm -hmm, in that way, that was paramount. No, that is crazy. And it's sad, but at the same time, I I get it. You have to make that very difficult decision. But ultimately, you have to choose you in the end and make peace with the fact that Maybe not everyone will understand you. Maybe not everyone will get it. And as long as you're staying authentic, I think that's the only way that you can possibly like begin to live a joyful life, right? You have to be authentic to yourself. And I, I had this moment too where I used to care about what people thought of me. I was like, do they think I'm stupid for trying to make YouTube videos, all of this stuff? And and also like family members like telling you what kind of job you should get, all of, all of that stuff. But in the end, like I realized they're not living my life. I have to live with my choices. So I can't make my choices for them. I have to make it for myself because they're there. They're talking. But at the end of the day, like you have to live your life. You're the one there. So you have to choose yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. And yeah. And I I think that's what you're pointing to too. And I know you, you speak quite a bit with millennials. That's a big deal Mm -hmm. about here's what you need to do with your life. Yeah. And a lot of that is really rooted in their own insecurity about what they have or haven't done with their life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it doesn't mean that any of this stuff is easy, but what, what we're essentially doing when we choose to stand up for ourselves or when we choose to be vocal about what we do or don't want in our world is we're saying, I choose me and I'm going to allow you to feel however you want to feel about that. And I'm not going to try mm-hmm. to force you to like me. I'm not going to force you to agree with me. And the more often you do that, the more you reinforce, just like anything else, the more you ride a bike, the more, you know, you practice vlogging, you get better at it. It's the same thing with communication skills. And then it reinforces, like I'm sure now it's not nearly as nerve wracking to do a podcast or to do a video or whatever, because it's become repetitive for you. 
The same is mm -hmm. true for anything in personal development and giving voice to things. There is this gal, I'm not sure if you've, you're familiar with this, but she was, gosh, I'm, her name is escaping me, but she was a hospice nurse for eight years. And this is floated around a lot in social media, and I'm sure you've seen the memes. Right. On, is it the oh. like like the regrets of the dying people? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that a few times. Right. So the top five regrets of the dying. So she was a hospice nurse, eight years. And so she gathered with all of these people who were quite literally on their deathbed, she gathered their regrets and compiled them into a book. And mm. one of the top five was, I wish I would have lived a life in accordance to what I wanted instead of what everybody else wanted. It's like... It's a huge one. <laughs> death is it's the so, great... It's so common. Yeah. Death's mm -hmm. the great equalizer. It's like, by the time you get there, it doesn't matter what your mom thought about your beliefs. It doesn't matter yeah. what dad <laughs> thought about what school you needed to go to. Were you happy? Did you love your mm -hmm. life? And what, what I think we have to get comfortable with is that sometimes when we choose us and we decide to live a life based off of what we want, there are casualties. There are people who don't like the empowered version of you. They want the people pleaser version of you. And sometimes mm -hmm. that means cutting people out of your life, family, friends, siblings, you know, it, and that yeah. doesn't mean that's easy or fun. That's not our ideal. I mean, shit. We would much rather everybody was just like, yay, I'm so glad you're so empowered. We don't always get that, you know? And so it becomes yeah. a tough decision. You can't make everyone happy. And ultimately, like whenever I see that happening, when people aren't happy with your growth, it usually is because they are insecure about where they are in life. And you know what I mean? It's like a reflection of their issues. So exactly. yeah, haters going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. And you know, and that's the thing too, is it, I really want to underline the point that when somebody doesn't like what you have to say, or when they're mad at you or think you've made the wrong career choice or whatever, you're allowed to be bummed about that. You're allowed to feel that that's mm -hmm. legit negative energy coming your way. That's it, like scientifically, there's a vibration to that. Yeah, You're allowed to feel it. Just watch what choices you make based off of that emotion because we're usually so uncomfortable by that that we immediately want it to stop so what do we do we people please we go no well I think I, I think I will entertain that that idea of that job or well you know and we want to do anything to make that pain stop instead mm -hmm. of going like allowing room for it and going okay you don't have to like it you know you don't have to think that's a good choice and I'm going to sit with that and that feels uncomfortable and it hurts when everything in our world tells us to run from it. So sit with that feeling and it's, it's okay to feel bummed about it, but just know that you're making the right decision if you're following your authentic self in the end. Right. I mean, I could go on and on about emotions. But <laughs> I know, I can too. It's the same way, like we are totally allowed to be pissed, but you're responsible if you're pissed and then you want to go key somebody's car, right? So mm -hmm. there's a difference between feeling what you feel and allowing yourself to be angry and then really watching your behavior. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. you are feeling the emotion of guilt, let's say, because your mom is putting this massive guilt trip on you for not going to the family function that you feel guilted into going, instead of feeling that emotion of guilt, what we usually do is we just want it to stop. So we either yell at her or we just do whatever she wants. And instead of just going like, wait a minute, what is really happening here? Okay, she's putting her shit on me. This feels really gross. I don't really want to go there. Have I done anything wrong? Because that's the deal with guilt. Guilt is really about 
have you actually done something unbefitting of you? No, I have not done anything wrong. She just happens to not like my choice. And so you can untangle what you feel versus what you want to do, the action you want to take. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this takes do-overs and you don't really notice until after the fact after you've gone to the event that makes you want to pull your <laughs> teeth out, you know? So it, it, again, be compassionate with yourself because it, Jesus, this has taken me decades to unpack. It takes time oh, yeah. and repetition. It does take time. Wow. So I know that you have a ebook out for people who want to dive deeper into this topic. It's called Stand Up For Yourself Without Being a Dick. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's essentially a workbook and it's completely free. Anybody can go grab it. And there's also an audiobook version of it as well. And it's a compilation of nine very easy to do challenges. So you can pick them kind of a la carte. And there's a whole description of how to get the most out of it. And you can go about it, whatever works for you. But it's essentially nine different action steps, challenges that you can take that help you really stand up for yourself, help cultivate self-love and self-confidence so that you start becoming more confident speaking up for yourself. And that can be with anybody, with your boss, with colleagues, with family, with friendships even. So yeah, totally on the house. And you can find all of that over at thejoyjunkie.com. You'll see it right there when you first land on the page. So yeah, I'd be honored. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your tips today, Amy. I really realized a lot today and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will love this episode. So thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. All right. Everyone else out there can find Amy at thejoyjunkie.com or on Instagram, thejoyjunkie. Everywhere is thejoyjunkie. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. All the links will be in the show notes. All right. Bye. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. All right. Love you all. Bye. Bye.